Okay then, everybody. Welcome in. Glad to see you all. Hope you're doing great. Hope you're doing fine. Hope you're healthy. Look, uh, we'll uh, we'll get right to the chase. No need to cut corners on this one. Strange times indeed. 2020. This is a this is definitely a history book type of year, right? This is going to be front and center in the textbooks. Well, if your children are are still reading textbooks in the future, then something may have gone wrong on their iPad, on their virtual textbooks, what what have you. In case you forgot, there is still a, a crazy disease out there, so stay safe. And I'll get right into it. Let's start. Let's say, where do I start? But let's start with the business. <laughs> this is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. All things Jayhawks basketball, all the time, at least once a week. We are on the Believe Podcast Network, which I really want to emphasize. Uh, we believe in our teams. Do you believe? We believe because this is the number one podcast network for professionals. And I'll start by saying this. I know there's a lot going on. I am born and raised in Los Angeles. I know there were protests in Lawrence that looked like they were both peaceful and impactful. Um, It's just craziness. And there's a lot of voices being heard across the country right now. I know it's a big thing for all of us to have a voice and to help out wherever possible, but I also very much realize that the reason you would tune into this show is for Jayhawk basketball talk. Uh, In these times, in this era of advanced media and podcasts, you are really choosing how you spend your time and you are choosing your entertainment values. And essentially you are, are making the cognizant decision on how to distract yourself, if you will. So I'm very much aware of that. I'm also very much aware of the fact that I'm probably not the most qualified person to talk about, um, you know, racial conflicts and what's happening. This is a huge podcast network. I will leave a lot of that in-depth stuff to the culture, to the political, to the more in-depth shows on this Believe Podcast Network. There's some very qualified, there's some excellent reporters, hosts, what have you. But I do think it'd be asinine, if you will. It'd be silly for me at least not to say something. Quickly, I I will say what I have to say first, and then I want to get into a question that was sent to me by a fan and a friend about the upcoming year about the team. I'm going to keep it short, just uh, to be completely honest with you, I wasn't even sure if I should record a show this week, but then I saw my fellow hosts pumping out content regardless, because like I said, people are choosing how to spend their time. And if you want to take 20 to 30 minutes and listen and learn and interact with Jayhawk basketball here in June, then I think that's great. And that's what we're here for. So let me quickly say this. Also, I saw that the Kentucky podcast or the Believe in Kentucky Basketball show or Kentucky Sports put out a show, and I am not going to stand down to Kentucky basketball. Never. All right. That was the worst transition. I fully am with the protests, and I think it's a beautiful thing that is happening. And what I will say is I think everyone who's listened to this show is very much aware of where I stand on what's happened with the coronavirus 
terms of taking it seriously, in terms of being safe. And perhaps that is because I both live with and am Facebook official, if you will, with an ER nurse. So that is a person on the front lines, taking it seriously, seeing what is truly happening, and not giving in to the BS from conspiracy theorists, not angry about not being able to go to Applebee's and get their haircuts. Like, it's a real thing. I've seen what the people who are dealing with it are doing. It is beautiful. So I've taken the coronavirus very seriously. You know, it's affected the way I've visited and interacted with my parents. You know, they are of that age, if you will, uh, that, I, that you got to be careful. And with that being said, as we move into a different chapter of 2020, if you do not understand why people are raising their voices, then I just got to ask, what's wrong with your fellow human beings who are black, white, Asian, Muslim, Jewish, you know, the whole rainbow, if you will, Christian, Catholic, being safe and having a voice. I think it's beautiful the the way people have rallied. I think it's disgusting the way some people have reacted to it. Obviously, we don't want our communities being looted and destroyed, but this is a moment that'll go down in history, and I think it's amazing to see. Everybody matters. But I, spoiler alert, am a white guy. And the thought that I had yesterday is I have never once gone down the street and been worried about what's going to happen with law enforcement. Never once. In fact, there are probably times where I should have been more worried. And I was like, it's not a big deal, right? You know, the only time I get nervous is if I see a police officer driving by me, I'm like, oop, I better put my phone down real quick. That's the most nervous I I, I will ever get. Or did I not do a complete stop at the stop sign? And I think the fact that there is an entire section of our society that is worried that if I don't do a complete stop at the stop sign, who knows where this is going to go? I think that's a travesty. I think it's disgusting. And I appreciate what's happening out there. And if you don't agree, and if you're going to reply with hashtag ALM, You know, what about the rioters? What about the looters? I think if you're more worried about the extraneous things of this issue and what's happening, look, we're building up. I'm not going to be worried if you hit unsubscribe. All right? It's cool. So make your voice heard. The best thing I can say is do what you feel is necessary. Donate to the appropriate places. And make sure you vote November 3rd. I think that's the most important thing. And with this being a Kansas basketball program, I surely hope that a lot of our audience is coming from the Midwest. And perhaps most importantly, because I know how things are going to go with my comrades. Oh, maybe not the best way to put that. I meant that as friends and and colleagues on on the West Coast, because I know how people in the Midwest and and, uh, down South view (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the west coast i really didn't mean to say comrades because they're gonna be like socialists communists no no that was that was just a slip of the tongue my friends i i know where like the 50 plus electoral votes in california are gonna go but the people in the midwest call it flyover country if you will in the in the rust belt in the 
upper Northwest or in the upper Midwest, Texas, Southern States, just vote, make your voice heard there, make quality donations and don't be afraid to post anything. As long as you're not doing it for the likes, I've seen those videos of the lady posing dramatically in front of a busted T-Mobile store and then turning around after the picture is taken. I've seen the video of the girl taking the drill away from a guy pretending that she's drilling in the, the, the wood to cover the windows and then handing it right back to the worker and getting back in the car. That's disgusting. But do what you feel is necessary. It's about time we had some equality here, right? Cool. Got that. Said that. Like I said, if you don't agree, if you're that butthurt about it, whatever, man. So I got a, I got a question from a good friend, and this is the way that we're going to go about the rest of this program. Because this is something I really wanted to dive into when it comes to Kansas basketball. Again, Jonas Nordman, appreciate you listening. Spread the word about the show. And if you are using this opportunity, these 20 to 30 minutes, just to sit back for a moment, to breathe, have a brew, have a water, have a whiskey, whatever you do, man. I appreciate it. So here's the question. At JonasN310. On Instagram, if you want to send me a scathing message or just if you want to talk basketball. I hope everyone's safe. Here's the question that my good friend and fan, diehard fan, who's been listening since episode one, Adam said, can you get into the weeds a little bit as to what tactical changes you expect next season with the fresh lineup? No Yudoka Azabuki, no Isaiah Moss, no Devon Dotson. Yeah, it's going to be a different environment, a different roster next year. I mentioned, I'm interested in what it could look like also. And he said, even in general terms, not necessarily Kansas-specific, like what the offense looks like with and without a center, with several point guards, bringing up the court, et cetera, then maybe tie it to Kansas. So this, this is a lot, right? We're going we're gonna to dig into a lot here. And I realize this is a good question because sometimes you, you get on the microphone and you sort of just start spouting and you don't necessarily sit back and think, okay, you got different levels of fans out there just because you're talking about icing a ball screen on one side of the floor. Doesn't mean that's going <laughs> to resonate with everybody. You know, I'm talking about five out, four out, one in lineups, wing players. It, it, it's not really going to ring true with everybody. So let's break it down. Let's get this thing to the studs. I'm going to go player by player. This is my opinion how I think the team is going to look and act next year. I have not. This is based off of what I've read, based off of the writers who are around Bill Self and the coaching staff every day and their opinions of the players, based off what I've seen from returners and the way I've seen Bill Self evolve over the last decade or so. So this is going to be a two-part segment. One part, tactical changes expected. How do I think the team is going to look next year? I could be totally wrong, but this is just what I'm feeling. And then I'm going to get into, yes, modern basketball. What do I mean by modern basketball? And how does that apply to Kansas basketball? Mostly because, I mean, Bill Self is perhaps the most flexible head coach in the nation. Because he started off as super rigid. (laughs) And now look what's happened, really going back to 2017. So let's start with what I expect. 
here is the tactical changes. This is how I think the team is going to play next year. And I am giddy as a schoolgirl because I think this is going to be a free-flowing offensive juggernaut if the players grow as expected. So I wrote down the notes because I'm so excited. I would not be surprised if the starting lineup truly barely plays together, right? I think there's going to be a starting lineup that's going to get the introductions, that's going to get the fireworks, the whole nine yards. And then I think it's going to be purely based on matchups, who's playing well, going from there. I think Mitch Lightfoot could start at power forward or at the four, if you will, to start. Because we know as the season goes on, like right at the beginning, in exhibition season, at the Champions Classic, Bill Self tends to start and play the guys he at least knows is a known quantity. Like he's, he's not going to go with the freshmen right away because they need to build up. Now, that being said, talent generally plays, which is going to play into why I think a certain player will be starting from day one. But in terms of Lightfoot, remember the reports are as the go-to guy on the scout team this year, he has expanded his shooting. He is a better passer. And if that is the case, then he is, yes, a prototypical perfect power forward to potentially play next to David McCormick. So, with that being said, I still expect by the time March rolls around in 2021, I think we're going to see a lot of four-guard lineups. Because I think they had the personnel. I'm going to get to it in just a second. But the wing depth and the options at guard and at small forward, if you will, is insane. This is the lineup I think we're going to see the most. This will probably be the most used starting lineup. I think this game, this lineup will probably close games. So here we go. At the one, call it point guard, if you will, Bryce Thompson. Incoming freshman, five-star, would have been a five, uh, McDonald's All-American. I think talent will play. He's from Oklahoma. Bill Self knows him very well. Uh, he, he knows his dad very well. He knows what he's getting. He's a scoring guard, not necessarily a pure point guard where Dewan Harris would come in. But as I've mentioned, with Marcus Garrett coming back and probably going to be the primary ball handler and offense initiator, you don't need that pure traditional point guard. So I think Bryce Thompson is going to start. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time unless he's you know just not ready for the college game. I talked about him last episode. If he has the jump from sophomore to junior year, I fully expect a huge year and a lot of playing time for Ochai Agbaji. Starting at the three, I think we're going to see a lot of Tyon Grant Foster, the number one junior college player transferring him. Highly regarded. I've read a lot of articles. He sounds like he's ready for Division I basketball. Juco transfers, though, are a very hit-and-miss situation. But if all things hold true, this is a 6'7 wing with good scoring ability, decent shooter, tough, lengthy, fits right in. I believe he's being brought in to be a go-to guy and to play a lot. Starting at the four, and I'm doing this in quotes, quote-unquote, at the four, the power forward, if you will, is Marcus Garrett. But he's going to have the ball a lot. He's going to guard your best offensive player, regardless of position, unless it's a big hulking center. 
So if you have, if the other team has a great point guard, Marcus Garrett's going to be on him. A great wing, Garrett will be on him. A pretty good mobile power forward, bigger guy who's six seven, six eight. Marcus Garrett is still going to tangle with him down low and chase him around the perimeter if need be. So that's basically a four guard lineup. And then David McCormack will be the incumbent and have the first shot, I think, at working the pivot down low, being the go-to center. We know he's got that beautiful baseline jumper. Hopefully he continues improving down low with his around-the-basket moves. Big opportunity here for DMAC. Mitch Lightfoot will get a lot of playing time, though, especially at that position. My biggest question is, does Lightfoot end up supplanting David McCormack down low? Do they play together at all? We'll see. And where does Silvio DeSosa fit into all this? Now, a name that may be conspicuously missing in the starting lineup or main playing lineup, Christian Brown. And I could see him easily sliding in for either Bryce Thompson or Ochai Baji, especially at the beginning of the year when Thompson's still getting his feet wet. I could see Brown starting over him, and I think Christian Brown's going to play a lot regardless. And if Ochai has not improved like we hope, then Brown's going to step right in and probably eat up his minutes. There's also Dewan Harris, who I just mentioned, but I don't think he's going to play that much next year, especially next to Marcus Garrett. I don't think that's going to be a possibility. He's going to play. He's supposedly the best pure point guard and the best passer on the team. But this is a quote from Bill Self. He said he's not a shooter. He is a true point guard. He has a great floater, and he's a great layup shooter, which to me is telling me this is a guy who finishes really well around the basket, is a great driver. But to continue the quote, Bill Self hopes he will make open shots. Sounds like a candidate to be left open on the perimeter so teams can help off of him. Great driver. Sounds like a pretty good defensive player as well. But he also sounds like a Marcus Garrett point guard clone, right? And it's just going to be way too tough to have both Garrett and Harris on the floor together. Teams are just going to be able to sag off of them. And you're essentially taking away both of their best strengths. Marcus Garrett is an excellent driver. He always finds a way to get his way to the basket and then either dish it off or finish around the rim. And that sounds like that'll be the case for Harris. And if you have the entire defense sagging off two guys, you're going to be cutting off those driving lanes. Oof, I'm already getting in depth. Can you tell I'm excited for this roster? There's so much oozing potential. So here's what I'm most fascinated by. Who is going to play as the guards and the wings? I sort of just mentioned this, but here's the list of players. There it is. Here are your players battling for playing time on the perimeter. And these are just point guards, shooting guards. Again, we sort of play in the modern game of positionless basketball. So call it six, seven and lower. The guys who will be dribbling more than putting their back to the basket. Ochai Abaji, Marcus Garrett, Bryce Thompson, Christian Brown, Dewan Harris, Tyon Grant Foster, Jalen Wilson, a four-star recruit, initially recruited or go, uh, initially committed to Michigan. Tristan Enaruna, who probably has the potential to be the best player on this team. Long, lengthy, stretch four. 
can shoot it outside, can drive it pretty well, has the best, best length, and is probably the smoothest player on this team. And then you throw in Latrell Jostle, Jostle, a three-star who apparently is an excellent shooter, and he's a redshirt possibility. So taking Jostle out of this, that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight potential bodies to play on the outside. And then you throw in David McCormack, Mitch Lightfoot, Silvio DeSosa, and it's going to be pretty tough for Jethro Muscadin, who apparently is also a quality big who can stretch the floor a bit. That's 11 good players. Let's even just call it 10. I'm going to be fascinated by the playing time. And if Mitch Lightfoot has indeed expanded his offensive arsenal and his repertoire, oui, oui, his repertoire, this could be the most modern basketball team we've ever seen from Bill Self. So that sort of leads me to the next topic. And you are listening to the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. Would you look at that one topic? And we've already essentially made our way through an entire episode. At JonasN310 on Instagram. Send me your thoughts. What you've read, what you believe about, what do you believe? Uh, what do you think is going to happen with the upcoming roster? So that, that takes us into the second part of Adam's question. What an offense looks like with and without a center, with several point guards bringing up the court, and then tying that to Kansas. I said, or I responded, so is, are, are you talking about how modern basketball has developed and how it started to make its way to Lawrence? And he said, is that too big of a topic? And then I sent him several paragraphs. So no. So what do I mean by modern basketball? In more recent times, for an NBA season that looks like it's going to start back up pretty soon here in an Orlando bubble, the team with the best record in the league, the Milwaukee Bucks. Their tallest and their longest player is the one who's handling the ball. In Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. In olden times, call it like the 90s. <laughs> Can't believe those are the old days. He would have had his back to the basket. He probably would not have, would not have initiated the offense. He probably would have been stuck down low, rebounding, dunking, maybe having some back to the basket moves. But no. Here in 2020... The Greek freak is the one who is essentially the point guard for the Milwaukee Bucks. They also have Eric Bledsoe. They have another ball handler in Chris Middleton. You know, they have guys like, um, not Del. Well, they do have Del Vidoa. Oh, no, he's back in Cleveland. Excuse me. I'm trying to think of Dante DiVincenzo. Excuse me. The guy from Villanova. That's who I was trying to think of. Another guard, another ball handler. But when it gets down to it, the ball is in the Greek freak's hands, Giannis. In terms of the greatest dynasty of our modern era here, the team that really coined modern basketball and stuck it to the rest of the, rest of the league, the Golden State Warriors. When they went to their death lineup, and let's just go to the Durant years, even though this also happened when they had Harrison Barnes. Their lineup was Curry, Thompson, Durant, Iguodala, and Draymond Green. 
Draymond Green is generously listed, I think, at like 6'7", 6'8", but he was basically their center. So they got the tallest guy on their team, Kevin Durant, or the tallest guy on the floor for the Warriors at 6'11", 6'10", 7 feet, if you're being nice to him and you don't want him to tweet something mean at you. Kevin, you're soft. Stop reading Twitter. I guess you could say that about people in Washington also. Ho-ho! Still made it political. But Draymond Green would bring the ball up the court a lot. He was the perfect example of a guy who would grab a rebound, dribble at the length of the court, and be the one laying it in. And they switched every position defensively. So Steph Curry, traditional point guard perhaps, he has the size and the ball handling. Not necessarily always the guy who brought the ball up the court. Did not always initiate the offense. So then how do I translate that to Kansas basketball? Well, pretty easily. I think this applies to Kansas in a major way. Because let's just take it 10 years ago. Let's call it 2010. Kansas basketball, 2010. Talk about traditional. Sharon Collins, Tyshawn Taylor, Xavier Henry, A. Morris twin, Cole Aldrich. Two bigs who had the ability to score inside, supporting guards, combo guards, if you will, in a true swingman in Xavier Henry. More of the same over the years. You know, I think back to 2013, Elijah Johnson, true point guard. You know, you had a true power forward in Thomas Robinson, a true center, a five-man in Jeff Withy, and a classic two-guard running around shooting the threes in Ben McLemore. Traditional lineup. That was just seven years ago. I think back to when it really changed. And I call it 2017. Due to necessity, suspensions, injuries, what have you, Bill Self switches to the four-guard lineup. Frank Mason, Devontae Graham, Josh Jackson, and I believe LeGerald Vick was starting at the time. I think so. I may be wrong. Correct me. Excuse me for doing this all out of memory. And then they would have a big plotting center in the middle, Landon Lucas. And man, the results were amazing. Even in 2018, which I believe was probably the worst team over the course of the 14 Big 12 championships in a row, you could even actually argue the Andrew Wiggins team. The team lost like 11 games. But the 2018 2018 team made the Final Four, so you can't really say that. But that was Vic, Mikhailuk, Graham, and you had a big plotting center in the middle in Yudoka Azubuki. Back when he was a big plotting center, and he moved around much better this year. And ever since then, look what Bill Self just did last year. They started off the year... Self had all the big men at his disposal. It's like, yes, I can go back to my traditional roots. Push your opponent up the lane from underneath the basket, toss it over the top. Man, I love big-to-big passing. That's not the way the game is anymore. And while he had quality big men on this past year's team, all they could really do is jump, dunk, and rebound. Skill-wise, Yudoka had a little bit of you know the jump hooks and such. 
but passing, no, not in their, not in their bag of tricks, if you will. And the turnovers were a travesty. You saw it against Duke. You saw it early on. And by the end of the year, they were not playing two bigs together. The fight against K-State made it a necessity. And even when, when McCormack came back, Bill Self still knew what the best lineup was. So, I'm really excited for the offensive options for Kansas next year. I think they are going to stick with the four-guard situation. I think there is potential if Mitch Lightfoot is that much better of a shooter and distributor. I think there's going to be potential for Kansas not having one body in the paint offensively for long stretches of a time next year. That is modern basketball. That is how Villanova has won two championships over the last five years. I mean, you think of guys like Omari Spellman, right, who went to the NBA. That was a three-point shooting center. And he made life impossible for Kansas in that Final Four game. I think with the teams that are looking strong for next year that Kansas will be battling, Villanova, Gonzaga, a Baylor team that potentially is going to return the best guard combo in the nation. Points are going to have to be scored. The team that just finished the year as the overall number one team and should be hanging a banner, that was defense first with just enough offense. I don't know how next year's team is going to do defensively. The bones are still there with Ochai, Garrett, Brown. No, Silvio DeSosa, David McCormack. Those are guys that were on the team. And you have the redshirt guys in Lightfoot and Harris who you know, the culture was passed down to. But I don't know how things will be defensively next year. But I believe, I believe, here on the Believe Podcast Network, they're going to put us in points. And I can't wait. Defense wins championships, offense wins games. And I think there's a really good potential for some monster scoring games and some beautiful, flowing, passing, movement basketball. Adam, I hope that answered your question. If it didn't, I'm happy to dive more into it. I hope the people have learned something. I hope it gave people something to to look at when games start back up, if they start back up, you know, November-ish. When exhibition season comes around and you see the different lineup combinations, I hope it just helps people think and, and think about what's going through Bill Self's mind. Say, okay, these guys are together. What does that mean? in terms of who's not playing and how this team will, will be playing. Oh, I see Lightfoot and McCormick are playing together. Interesting. I see it's just Mitch Lightfoot. It's just Mitch out there. Okay. Let's see how this flows. Oh, Brown is in the game. Grant Foster is not. Ochai is not. So I, I hope it's been a nice little map, if you will. Other than that, stay safe. Stay vigilant. Stay researching. Keep learning. How can I lend my voice? Whether it's a college basketball program, whether it's getting out there on the streets, whether it's donating, whether it's social media, just don't post to be cool. Sometimes I have an issue with that because I'm just such a cool dude. Do what you got to do. Love everybody. I will talk with you next week. 
hopefully things have calmed down but if they haven't i hope it's for a good reason and i hope we're continuing to progress in this country it's been a weird year but it's been fun speaking with everybody i will talk with you soon and as always rock chalk